Welcome to the Crazy Love Podcast. Have you ever considered the amazing power and grace of God in your life? In this week's episode, Francis Chan delves into the transforming experiences of sharing faith in remote places, and he also helps us discover the delicate balance between the awe of God's holiness and the assurance of His love. You know, yeah, Jimmy was talking about when we were in Myanmar together, and I remember when we were going to hut to hut, one of the things you said, because we're just going, you know, obviously no one knows what we lead or anything. We're in the dumps, you know, there in this middle of the cemetery, you know, where these people live, and we're just, you know, with a translator sharing our testimony. And each hut we went to, you know, Jimmy would look at me and goes, is it like more exciting every hut we go to to share our testimony again? And I thought it is, it's, it's weird. We've both been walking with the Lord so many years and yet here we are sharing our story and we're more excited about, you know, more excited. We, we don't need a crowd of people you know, it's just to be in the hut and to tell these people like, no, this is what God did for me. And it doesn't get old. And, and, and so even this idea of when, when you're talking about the fear of God and, and, and I, I could talk about that. I'm more excited about that today than I was when I first started talking about him. Like I, I, I get more excited to remind people of, who is up there and who is coming to judge the world and and under and explaining the angels like 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 I know Jimmy talked about Revelation 5 last night and and how every you know all eyes are centered on this throne I mean this this, this being like they can't take their eyes off of him and they're just going worthy is the lamb who was slain and and we're joining into that this morning and just saying no you're absolutely worthy absolutely worthy of this this life change i i prayed to god gosh just a, maybe maybe a month ago I, I get bad with time but uh yeah but like a month ago um i am old and uh <laughs> and i i just said to god i go lord could you please every day for the rest of my life please 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 don't let me lose sight of your holiness and your love i want to fear you and know that i'm loved by you like like to hold on to that like not lose sight of it i go god i just want to wake up every morning and that's the first thought in my head you are holy and you love me you're holy and you love me because I'll get into trouble if I lose sight of either one of those. If I forget what you are like, like you are other than, you are set apart, you, you, you are in charge of my, my kidneys, my, my liver, my, you're, de, you're determining every person in this room whether they're gonna survive this day or not. Like that's how holy you are that Moses is, can I, can I just see you? And you just go, no. You can't, you can't see me like a human being can't see me and survive that. 
Like I need to remind myself every day that this is not about me and you are so far beyond me because once I lose sight of this, all this other garbage comes in. And so I need to fear your, would you please God, just grace me with this. Like this is all I ask. Just every day, can I see your holiness and can I know that you love me? Because I'm telling you, I, I, when I understood, when I started reading the scriptures for myself and I saw those passages on what God is like in his holiness and his glory, that changed me. It changed the way I prayed. It changed the way I lived. I'm just like, whoa, I'm going to stand before him one day. I'd have dreams of like dying and like just coming before this being that just blows my mind and I'm just oh, terror, shaking, sweating, like oh, what's it gonna be like when, when, when I actually see him face to face? Cause, cause like, like you mentioned, he, he, everyone that saw him just kind of fell. I mean, these are prophets. You know, these are people that knew him and were serving him and he had spoken to them, but when they'd get some sort of veiled glimpse, they just fell. They just fell. And, and so for some reason, I would lock in in those passages and I'd get it. I would go, whoa. I don't see why people are not taking him more seriously. I'd go back to the church like, are you guys reading this? Because I'm reading this and it's blowing my mind and you guys are singing like, you know, he's just like a, you know, a puppy or, you know, like a, like, do you understand who he is? Because you're talking about him in a very casual way. Like it's, 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 so, so that for some reason, locked in on me and I would preach that throne of God. But also for some reason, I lost sight of his love for me. And it was only less than a year ago that I'm reading through Hebrews and it's describing the throne of God and it refers to his throne as the throne of grace. And I go, I never noticed that. I mean, I've preached more sermons on the throne of God than anyone I know. I mean, someone may have beat me, but I'm just going, this is my bread and butter, this is, this is my life message is, do you understand who he is? Do you understand what the high angels have been doing all night because they recognize how exalted he ought to be? That's been my message. How many times have I preached Revelation 4, 5, Isaiah 6? You, you know, it's just the throne because I get it, but it was the first time where I'm going, how did I miss the throne is a throne of grace, like it's labeled the throne of grace, that you come to the throne and you will receive grace and mercy in your time of need. You come boldly, you come confidently before his throne of grace. That, that means our God is one who loves 
to pour his grace out. That is great news, okay? That's amazing news. And God's been opening my eyes to, yes, understand my holiness, but understand that in my holiness, there's great news because I'm a God of grace. I have a throne of grace. So when you approach the throne, that's what you'll receive. And I know that's like Christianity 101, but for some of us, and maybe it's our baggage, our background, our upbringing, our, you know, the instruction we got, we can lock in on certain things and we miss out on certain things. And I, I prayed again, probably a year ago, where I just go, God, would you just open my eyes to where I'm deceived? Because I know I'm a human being. I've been tricked before. I've trusted people I shouldn't have trusted. I believe things that I'm going, wait, why did I believe that? It's not biblical. But it's always later on, I go, God, I wanna know it now, because I don't want to end my life and, and, and go, wow, I missed it. We're, I mean, how many of us in this room are deceived in some way right now? You know? We all should be going, I don't know, I don't know. <laughs> because that's a definition, you don't know, you're deceived. You know, it's like, I don't know, I might be. <laughs> It's, this is completely different from being tempted. We know when we're tempted, right? We feel it, we're like, oh gosh, I know that's a temptation right there. You know, I, I, you know it, but when you're deceived, the point is, is I, I didn't see it. I trusted this person, I believe this theology. I, God, I just want to know, open my eyes, and these are the beautiful things that God's showing me. He's going, Francis, you, you're nailing it with my whole, I mean, he didn't say this, you know, but if this is what I'm getting. Like you, you get that side. I hope he says that one day, you know, like you nailed it. Oh man, Lord, that'd be awesome. You know, like with understanding I'm holy, but You're missing something so beautiful about me. You see, I've preached uh, Exodus 19, him going, Moses going up the mountain. You know, I've preached Exodus 33, uh, where, you know, Moses just like, I want to see your glory. I, I want to see, I, I want more of you. I want to see your glory. And, and I'm just talking about him going up to that mountaintop. So I'd preach Exodus 33, and I didn't really tie it in with Exodus 34, you know, where, where God does reveal himself to Moses, and what does he say? He speaks his name, and he says, when Moses, I want to see, I want to know, I, you know, goes, okay, hide in that rock, I'll give you some glimpse, and then he passes by, and he says, the Lord, the Lord a God merciful and gracious, slow to anger, abounding in steadfast love and faithfulness. And you know, I can get focused on this one side and I preach that one side and then it's like, wait a second, this is such great news. 
You know, because sometimes I just think, well, everyone's so casual about him. Oh, everyone's preaching the love of God. You know what? They need to understand the fear of God. And so I just became fear of God man, you know, and I'm just going to, I'm just going to fix all this and tilt it back this way so there's this even, you know, balance here. But then you just end up preaching all of this to try to balance the scales. And then pretty soon you're being a little bit heretical, not because you're saying anything contrary to scripture, but you start overemphasizing one attribute to the neglect of others. And there's a bit of heresy in that. And I want to publicly apologize for that. You know, you try to control things and go, oh, no one's preaching this. So I'm just going to preach this over and over and over because this is what people need. It ends up hurting you because you're like, gosh, I'm scared to preach the grace of God because people take advantage of it and they need to hear more fear and everything. So let me just stay over here. And, um, but you miss out on, you gotta think about it. Moses goes up this mountain, right? And everyone's just freaking out. You got, you, you, the whole place is shaking. The whole mountain is shaking and it's on fire and Moses walks up into it, okay? Like, like if we went, you know, at, do you guys have mountains? Yeah, they're kind of far, okay. But if you go, I don't know Arizona, Camelback, okay, Camelback, okay, so. If you go up Camelback, or we all go, they go, hey guys, let's, let's, let's just all go over there. You know, those guys that are watching live stream, let's just all meet over there. Because God told Jimmy to go up the mountain. And we're all there. I don't know if you guys have ever been in an earthquake, like crazy earthquake. And then you see the whole mountain shaking. And then you see it on fire, okay? And then Jimmy's like, stay down here. <laughs> okay, you know, <laughs> gladly. I I'm fixing to come back. You know, and we're, we're <laughs> he, he, he didn't really talk like that, but I just, <laughs> but uh, he starts walking up a mountain that's on fire and shaking you can only imagine what we're thinking, right? And the Bible says every time Moses would speak to God, God would answer in thunder. Oh my gosh. Like, that is the most humbling, terrifying, like man is about to encounter God. And in your mind, you're just thinking, you're not gonna, don't go in there, right? What humans ever walked into a fire, you know, at that point, you know, I mean, a few others did it, three other guys did it later, but okay, at that point, okay, it's like, I'm gonna walk in there. I've got this. I mean, we are just sheer terror because he's about to encounter God. The crazy part is he comes down the mountain eventually. It's like you made it. 
and we're all like, remember, this is Old Testament. They don't have all of the scriptures to teach them everything like we do. They know little bits and pieces about God, and they've seen his power. But Moses is coming down with revelation. And and all, you, we're all sitting at this base of the mountain. So say we didn't know much about this fire and thunder and lightning and smoke and earthquake and this holy God who says, you can't look at me. You can't even touch this mountain. Stay off the mountain or you die. And you're just waiting and he comes back and he could have said anything, right? You're going, what does that being have to say to us and we hear out of his mouth this is what he said to me the lord the lord what merciful gracious what so he he loves to show mercy You're kidding me. That being, that like that's who he is. He's describing himself and he's saying, I, at the core of who I am, I love to show mercy. I'm rich in mercy. Like I know you've sinned against me, but it's in my nature. It's who I am. I actually show mercy. That's the first thing he explains to Moses. Merciful and gracious. My throne's a throne of grace. I love to give you things you don't deserve. You don't deserve an ounce of this, but it's who I am. Uh, it's just who I am. I'm, I'm rich in mercy. And my throne is a throne of grace. And, and for Moses to come down and goes, he says he's slow to anger. Okay? He's slow to anger and he abounds in steadfast love. Think about that phrase. So that being who's in charge of everything right now, Jesus, whom Jimmy preached about last night, who is seated there on that throne, far above all rule, authority, power, and dominion, and above every name that is named. So someone who is way beyond all power, authority, dominion, sitting on that throne, abounds, like it's, that, that means it's like overflowing with steadfast love. So that means right now he's abounding, overflowing with a consistent love. It was not 2,000 years ago that, you know, we had a moment of love that took him to the cross. It was not for those 33 years or so what, that he was on the earth that we got a glimpse of grace and mercy that was for a period of time that ultimately ended in the cross. No, it didn't end at the cross. He abounds in steadfast love. And so for some of us, 
Not, not all of you. I know people who they, they, they just embrace the love of God. They get how much God loves them. But some of us, we struggle with that. We can lock into the fear of God. This is me. But then to just so easily believe also in the love of God. And I'm not talking about, because if you look over my teaching and everything else, I've taught about the love of God and everything else, but, but really so much of my teaching was like, I'm gonna do this because I love you, God. It was so motivated by maybe some insecurity. Like, I gotta prove to you that I love you. So I'm gonna go overseas, or I'm gonna do this, or I'm gonna sell everything I own. I'm gonna do that, see, because I love you. It was like I'm, I'm proving it to God, uh, I'm proving it to myself, I'm proving it to, to naysayers, you know, doubters, whatever. I, I don't know what all the reasoning is, but there's a lot more of I love you, Jesus rather than a proclaiming of you love me. And it could be, you know, you grow up. Some of you know my story. I mean, I'm, when I was born, my mom died. And so my dad didn't want me. Gave me up for adoption. You know, my grandma eventually took him away, took me away from the lady he was gonna give me to. And then eventually she got too old and forced my dad to take me back. But you grow up just going, so you don't want me back. No one wants me. No one wants me. And you grow up just like no one, everyone would rather I had died that day. Literally. And then for us to believe in this being who you sit there and do nothing, in fact, you rebel against him. And he says, while you're an enemy, he loves you. You kidding me? I did everything I could to try to earn my dad's love. Never got it. He died and I rejoiced that he died. You know, it's just, that's some of our stories. And now you're telling me at the core of who I am, I'm supposed to believe in this holy being who loved me at my worst. And now that I'm forgiven by Jesus as a son, how much more? I would have taught that theologically, but whether I know it, you know, in my heart, that's a different thing. There, there, I, don't, I don't doubt that you would pass that quiz, you know, if we gave it to you on paper. But why is it that the Apostle Paul gets on his knees in this for the reason I bow my knees before the Father? And he's preaching to believers. But he goes, God, would you just grant to them, please, would you give it to them? Give it to these Christians granted to them according to the riches of your glory would you just give them the strength by the spirit in their inner man so that Christ may dwell in their hearts through faith like they need something these Christians need you to grant them strength by the spirit into their inner man so that Christ can dwell in there, not just visit them, but live in there, and that they would be rooted and grounded in love. And that they 
together, I think this is a key phrase, together with all the saints may comprehend, may have strength to comprehend what is the height and depth and length and breadth, how wide, long, high and deep is the love of God. How wide, how wide, long, high, and deep. And to know the love of God that surpasses comprehension. So he says, look, God, please, I'm on my knees begging that you would do that miracle where you pour out, you just grant it to them. You gotta just give it to them because you're a God of glory. We believe in your glory. God, your glory, out of the riches of your glory, would you just give it to them? so that Christ would actually live there, abide there. And I want them together to know not just that you love them, but how wide, how long, how high, how deep. I want them to know the extent of your steadfast love that's abounding. Sorry, I, I get excited about this, just like when we were saying, I get more excited about, you know, sharing the, the testimony. I go, gosh, I get more excited about, wait, we're about to gather together. And he says, together with all the saints, that there's something about us being together and loving one another that something manifests there. And, and again, I apologize for being off in, in some of my theological thoughts earlier because I, I would think, gosh, you know, why do we even get together? It's a waste of money. Da, 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 da. You know, and I'm always thinking Chinese, save money. You know, uh, you know, just what is cheapest? You know, just watch me on the internet. Why am I flying to, the, you know? And, but then in scripture, you know, oh, this really hit me at just, maybe three weeks ago when I was in Brazil. Was that about three weeks ago? Yeah, yeah, we just miss each other. But when I was in Brazil, I was really thinking, this is dumb. I just flew for 20-something hours. Why didn't they just watch me on the internet? You know, why did I show up and God took me, um, I can say that, I believe the Lord took me too. Some people get really mad. Um, <laughs> In, in Romans 1, 11, where he says, for I long to see you that I may impart to you some spiritual gift to strengthen, to you, to strengthen you. And the, the first time, I, I mean, I knew that verse and, and I thought about it, then I go, wait a second. That's in the book of Romans. That's super important because Romans is like this theological treatise on the gospel like where some would say that is the most valuable explanation of the it is so thorough so much theology you can study the rest of your life you know you, you got to really understand the book of it's deep it's rich it is the gospel in total it's like so so incredible and so Paul writes this amazing epistle to the Romans. So he's given them a ton of information. But he says, but I can't wait to see you so I can impart something spiritual to you. You'll get the letter. You'll, you'll, you already got all the information. But I can't wait to see you. 
because something, I want to impart something spiritual to you. I got so excited about that verse in its context. I go, wow, that's why I flew to Brazil. That's why I flew to Phoenix. There's something spiritual that happens when we gather together. There's something about being together with all the saints. Maybe there's something about my presence, my story, that I carry something that when I get together with you and it's together with all the saints, then suddenly it's like, wow, that's the first time I really understood the love of God. Nothing to do with good preaching. I mean, I think I'm pretty good, but you know, it's, it's, it's not that. It's just like, get the Bible out there, but there's something beyond information that I'm here to pass, that together with all the saints, suddenly we comprehend how wide and long and high and deep. Suddenly, something spiritual is imparted. That's why I loved um, earlier when we prayed as leaders in the back room, they're just, you know, people are laying hands on me and just, you know, someone was praying just like, God, impart something to him. Surprise him by what's, what he receives. So good. And that's what Paul says. I, I look forward to this because I want us to be mutually encouraged by each other's faith. When you guys were praying for the nations just now, um, I loved it. I immediately thought, I need to do this at the church. God's opening my eyes. This is some of the problem. You deal with these people and their problems and their issues. And if you're not praying for the rest of the world, it's actually the most healing thing for them to take their eyes. I loved praying for all the nations. And God was just revealing things as I'm praying for, you know, just just my self-centeredness, whatever. It's just like, wow. Yeah, all those people in Myanmar that we got to meet and be with in that powerful time, God, you know, it's, it's just you start feeling for them. Praying for the Hamas and going, God, you could have Saul-like conversions, right? Where it's suddenly like, boom as a result of our prayers and driving away the darkness. I mean, these are the weapons of our warfare. Thank you for listening to the Crazy Love Podcast. Join us next time for a new episode, but until then, for more resources from Crazy Love Ministries or to support the work of Crazy Love, please visit our website at crazylove.org.